Today we'll take our fourth church, the church in Thyatira. Thyatira was not a large town, and the church was extremely small. This church had two women in it, and it's amazing that Lydia, a seller of purple, who we we are introduced to her in Acts chapter 16. Purple was a dye that was very expensive and very desired. And so we know that Lydia was a very prominent woman in this town. She was already a believer. And Paul came to Thyatira. That's where we find him there in Acts 16. And she heard him. And she said to Paul, if you find me worthy, would you come to my house and, and teach us? And so Paul went, and that's where the church started. I think it's interesting that Lydia was a prominent woman in the town. And when she opened her home to people, for people to come and study, they came. I remember when Sam and I were introduced to Campus Crusade, Bill Bright always said, influence trickles down. I don't think he meant that people that weren't influential weren't important, but he said people that have influence, it trickles down. So go reach the people in your city with influence. And we found that to be true. And in my time as a Christian, I've seen influential women in this town, Birmingham, Alabama, open their homes to Bible study, and I've seen people flock in. It's just a fact. They want to go see the house and know the person. And if, if that's used to the glory of God, that's good. So any of you listening to my voice, Use your influence for the glory of God. If you have influence in any area, use it. But as we read about this church, we find he says, Unto the angel of the church in Thyatira write, These things saith the Son of God, who has eyes like a flame of fire and feet of fine brass. We're in... Revelation chapter 2, verse 18. So we know that this subject of this letter is judgment because fire and brass all speak of judgment. So then he commends them. He says, I know your works, your charity or love, your service, your faith, your patience, and your works, and the last to be more than the first. So here we have, they start off with good works, love, service, faith, patience. But then their works take over. But then in verse 20, he says, I have something against you. Because you suffer that woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess to teach. And to seduce my servants to commit fornication and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. Jezebel. Jezebel was the wife of Ahab, and she was a very evil woman. She did damage 
to people of faith. I don't know if this woman's named Jezebel or if she's compared to her. Because if you think about it, have you ever heard of a little girl being named Jezebel? I have never known a mother to name her little girl Jezebel. I've heard people say, well, she's just a Jezebel. And so we find this woman, whoever she is, she calls herself a prophetess. But what is she doing? She's encouraging fornication and idol worship. Fornication is physical and it can be spiritual. Fornication in marriage is when you join yourself to one other than your mate. Spiritual fornication is when you begin to worship someone other than the Lord Jesus Christ and you commit your life unto him. And this is what she taught. And in verse 21, Jesus said, I gave her space to repent of her fornication, and she repented not. Behold, I will cast her into a bed, and them that commit adultery with her into great tribulation, except they repent of their deeds. So that's what they get. You get all sorts of disease. And even still today, that is one of the penalties for sexual immorality. And God warns us, be careful who you listen to. Be careful who comes into your church and what they teach. And then it says, I will kill her children with death. And all the churches shall know that I am he which search the reins and hearts. I will give unto every one of you according to your works. That's a, that's a very profound Bible verse. And I want to emphasize here that we all get what we earn. If you are allowing the Holy Spirit to control your life and teach you and convict you, then God rewards you with love and peace and joy and, and contentment in life. But if you're acting as a believer in the flesh, then you get misery and a lack of peace, and a lack of love. So just remember, God is a God of grace and mercy and love. And he rewards us according to the way we live our life. Now that has nothing to do with our eternal security. Because we're told in Romans, nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing. Angels, principalities, nothing. But when we die or when the rapture occurs, we go to the seat of Christ, to the marriage supper of the Lamb. It's called the Bema seat. And we're told that Jesus will wipe away tears. Now that's strange. If we're in heaven and heaven is perfect and heaven is glorious, who would cry? This is just my opinion. I don't know that this is true. But I believe that probably when we get to heaven and find out all of this is true, 
we'll be sorry we didn't have a deeper commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ for all of our life. And then he warns, but unto thee I say, to the rest in Thyatira, as many as have not this doctrine, and which have not known the depths of Satan, I will put upon you no burden, other burden. Small town, small church. Speaking to believers who have listened to this woman, Jezebel, who has brought false doctrine into the congregation. He says to those of you that haven't bought into it, don't you worry. I will bring none of this as a burden to you. And then he said, but that which you have already hold fast until I come. He that overcometh and keepeth my works unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations. Remember, we've already seen that we will be priests and kings. We are destined to rule and reign with Christ on this earth. And here we're told, if you keep your path straight, don't be influenced by false doctrine. You will have power to reign over the nations. And he will rule them with a rod of iron, as the vessels of a potter shall they be broken to sugars, even as I've received of my Father. When Jesus Christ rules and reigns on this earth, he rules with a rod of iron. No more fun and games. No more politics. This is what you do, and he will see to it that you do it. I can't wait to live in a land free of the wickedness that we're having to live with now. I get discouraged by watching the news, so I've almost turned it off, and I've been a big news watcher all my life. But I don't know what to believe anymore. And it's very frustrating. And that led me to this study of the Bible, because I have no way of finding out what's true and what's not true as it's reported to us. But when I open the Word of God, I see truth, unchangeable truth that I can stake my life on. And so just remember, the fun and games are over, but peace will reign when Jesus Christ reigns on the throne of David in the city of Jerusalem. And you and I look forward to a place in that reign. I used to say, I don't say it much anymore, but I used to say, I don't want to be the garbage collector in the, in the millennium, but I really don't. I would like a place to serve my Lord as he's here in person as the king. And then he said, I will give him the morning star. Those of us that don't fall for false doctrine, he enables us to have the light of the gospel, and that's the morning star. And then he concludes this, this letter by saying, He that has an ear, 
Let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. I haven't read that in all the all the letters, but they all end that way. Who is he that overcometh? We find in John, First John five five, though those that are born again are overcomers. Now, who is it that has an ear? We all have ears. Let us hear what he has to say. So let's just look back over where we've come. We started with Ephesus, and we were warned, don't let your works overshadow your love. God is more interested in our love for him than our work for him. But somehow we work to gain his love, and that's not what he wants. So don't reverse the order of God's plan. Number two, we came to Sardis. That's the persecuted church. That's the church that suffered greatly. I mean, Smyrna, I'm sorry. Sardis is our next church. Smyrna is the church that was the suffering church. It lived in a a city, and they were greatly persecuted. And we learned that God allows persecution on his children either to teach us, to protect us, or to discipline us. And if we know that, when persecution comes, and it might be coming in this country in the near future, we have to know why it's here and accept it and not rebel against it. And then we came to to Pergamos, the city where parchment or paper was first made. 200,000 volumes in a library given to Cleopatra by Anthony. And this is where we heard the story of Balaam. God told Balaam, don't go with Balak. He went anyway. The donkey tried to stop him, remember? And he got there and he couldn't speak. So he compromised and had the most beautiful Israeli girls put on the border with the Moabites, and the men married them. They intermarried and weakened the nation of Israel. So we've learned don't compromise. And now in our fourth letter to Thyatira, be careful who you listen to. And that goes for me. When I give you my opinion, you take it or leave it. When I read you a Bible verse, you take it. You digest it. You think about it. You live by it. Because the Word of God is truth. And in this series, that's what we're seeking. Thank you for listening. Share with a friend, and God bless you.